right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Sisters Edition with your hosts, Ariane Smith and Tiffany Hales here for our June podcast. Yes. Um, Hopefully, listeners listened last week. We had the international bros. We did. We had the Daniels. They called themselves the two Daniels. (laughs) Um, They were really good. That was so fun to hear from like a different perspective. They're they're from both from Chile and but living. I think one's living in England right now. One's living here. One's living in America. America for the time being. But it was really fun to hear their international perspective. Well, and not only that, it was fun to hear their accent. Yes. It was twim with an accent. Yes. So I really liked it. <laughs> I, I believe that they are going to come back. I really enjoyed them. I think they are a great addition here to twim. Yeah. And um, and I'm, then on a programming note, we need to add, you are going to be doing twice a month now. I am. I am. I talked about that. I think a little bit. I can't remember if I talked a little bit about it with Holly, oh, but you and I will podcast once a month. And then I am going to have a guest host on with me. I had my friend Holly earlier this month. And in July, I'm super excited about who oh, I got in July. She got someone really fun. So as you know, we have covered a lot of stories from Hannah Syriac. And she is a reporter for the Deseret News. Mm -hmm. And I twisted her arm and promised to be really nice to her. (laughs) And she agreed to come on the podcast with me. So I'm going to do a little bit of an interview with her so that we kind of get to know her a little bit first. And then we will delve into a few stories. She she agreed to that format. So I'm doing that, I think, the first weekend in July is when I'm going to do that. Yeah, July seventh or eighth, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, Hannah I and I will am record. Super excited to listen. I love listening when you do it with Holly. It's kind of a treat for me. <laughs> Tiffany stepped up to the plate because I am just not in a place in my yeah. life where I can handle more. But I love doing it once a month. So she stepped it up and she said I can do it more than once a exactly. month. And it is such a treat for me because I get to just sit back and listen. Oh, you're <laughs> so, so sweet. Fun. Well, and so. then that reminds me, I also want to put it out there into the universe. Any of you TWIM listeners, if you would like to come on with me, uh, we can arrange something. I will run all the technical stuff. All you have to do is read some articles and come on and talk to me. And so anybody out there who might be interested in coming on once a month with me as my other co-host, other than my delightful sister, Arianne, <laughs> uh, just uh, reach out at contact at This Week in Mormons and let us, this week, contact at thisweekinmormons.com yes. and let us know and we'll reach out. It's so fun. Okay. Okay. I have one more thing to say before what? we move on. I just realized, for those of you who are watching on video, the dress I'm wearing tonight, because this is a t-shirt dress, is the same dress I wore two weeks ago when I recorded with Holly. <gasps> For shame. I know. <laughs> I really do own more than one dress, as you know, because my closet's bigger than one yes. of my child's bedrooms. But apparently this must be a Friday favorite because I I had several things going on today and I was looking when I was getting dressed about what will satisfy all my requirements for today. And I put this on and apparently I made... Now that you're doing twice a month, you're going to have to keep a wardrobe log. I know. Apparently I had the same conversation with myself two weeks ago when it was Friday and we were recording. Okay. Okay. Now we can move on to summer stuff. Okay. First, before we hit the articles, we have to have a little discussion because we do this every year. Yes, we do. About youth 
summer festivities within the oh, church. Yes. Summer camps, youth conferences, treks, girls camps, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So here's my update. And we're in the thick of it right we're now. In You're in it. the thick of it. I'm in the thick of it. She's leaving for girls camp in a couple days. My kids are on we track. We got a lot to say about this. My, my kids are on track Your right kids are now. on track. Now- is this this is ward this track? This is ward track, not not stake track, not stake, and track. it's just ward track ward with track. your kids, not with other family members. Yes, like some sometimes wards will do it as families. No, this, this is, is just kids, young men, young women, ward track. Okay. So we've talked a lot about trek over the years. Yes, if you've listened, you know I have strong feelings, like weird feelings. <laughs> anyway, this okay. was, this was my beef with trek this year. Let me let me pause you. How many kids? How many kids in I your have, ward? Uh, in my ward, I think there were about 45 kids going on this trip. Okay. But they lost a few. So it might be closer to 40. Okay. There were so a last minute, a few last minute. And, and and probably what, 10, 12 liters? Yeah. So I think they have five families. Okay. They divided those okay. 40 kids into, into five, family. five families. Okay. With, you know, ma's and pa's and the whole deal. So, okay. Um, here is, I've been trying to have a really positive attitude because I have two teenage girls going this year. They okay. did this three years ago and, and I had one, one teenage girl. That's now right. I have two. Um, one, the one who'd been on it before was very excited. The younger one who's 13 was not excited. She's been saying four months, I'm not going, I am not going. <laughs> and here's the thing. Had there been girls camp this summer, uh-huh. I might have let her stay home. Okay. But this is why I was like, this is- So why were you beefing? This is why I was beefing, because they canceled okay. girls camp. Which I think is ridiculous. I'm okay with a trek if you people want a trek. It's not my jam, but people, some people love it. Yeah. I can accept that. I can get on board, but not when you take away my girls camp. I just I know. feel like I just have such strong feelings about- girls camp and just how good it is to get those girls away from the boys and the bonding yeah. and they haven't had a lot of girls camp because due to COVID. COVID yeah like my oldest is 16 I think she's been to girls camp twice well didn't you they do FSY last year so they didn't do girls camp because uh, they, no, did they did FSY they did girls camp on okay. an FSY year okay and they do youth conference our stake does youth conference every single year that is not an FSY year. Okay. So they're always getting a chance to be with the boys okay. at stake youth conference or FSY. So it's not like they never get a chance to yes. be with the boys. So that's just why girls camp is like super precious to me. Like yes. I just see so much value in it. Well, and your 13 year old, has she even been to She's girls been camp? to one girl's okay. camp. Okay. So she went last year. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So, but this is super interesting. I will say the, that my ward is trying to modify Trek. They're trying to make it mm. more user-friendly, which I appreciate. I oft, I don't know. Some people love Trek. I am just of the mindset that our ancestors are looking at us from the other side being like, y'all are crazy. <laughs> like, why, why are why you, are you cosplaying that? that? Yes. <laughs> but okay. It so, makes you feel good. But here are some of the modifications that they did. I think they've done like a really good, I got to give credit to our okay. Trek leaders. Okay. So tell me what so the modifications are. Biggest modification they did was no pioneer clothes are not required. That's that's huge. Now for the boys, that's part of cosplay. For the boys, this changed nothing. <laughs> yeah, duh. <laughs> because even though pioneer clothes are not required, the place they're going, they decide to take the kids to Washington. It's about four hours away, and it's a church-owned property where they provide you hand carts, they provide you porta potties. You have to bring your own cook, and okay. your own food, and your own equipment, but they provide you the 
the hand carts, the porta potties, and the trail. Okay. So there you go. Okay. So part of their rules, since it's a church-owned facility, is you must wear long pants and long sleeves and not leggings. They have to be, they have to be like non- A a baggy pant? Non-legging pant. (laughs) Now, as you can imagine, my teenage girls- we're not happy. Ooh. Now, I did keep trying to remind them. I'm guessing look, there was murmuring. You could be in pi- like full pioneer guard. True. So count your blessings. This is actually yeah. better. There was much murmuring. Oh, my <laughs> so, okay. So here's 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 my question. Uh-huh. So is this? You know, I mean, our church owns a number of different mm-hmm. camp facilities. And, you know, we have a handbook and the handbook does not specify what dress code is for church camp facilities. So who's making the rules about what the dress code is for every facility? I don't know. I think this is like whatever senior missionaries have been running it. I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm headed up to a church camp this week. Uh And to my knowledge... Uh, yeah, I've never been been aware that there is a dress code for this particular facility. Right. But I am. But we went to our ward girls camp last year, went to a church-owned facility uh-huh. in Donnelly. Okay. And they had a dress code. Really? They were told not to wear, I believe they were told not to wear two, like, bikinis. Uh-huh. Which nobody listened to. <laughs> <laughs> and. I believe they were also told not to wear short shorts and the leaders said, oh, it's a church facility. These are not our rules. This is the church. So I think maybe it's like whatever senior couple is there running it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. So, so back to the, I'm sorry. I had to digress because I'm just, I'm just, I'm just very curious about this. There's much murmuring in my house. Okay. I'm torn between because my oldest daughter really wanted to wear leggings. That's yeah. what she exercised. That's what yeah. I exercised. Yeah. And I was honestly like, well, I can't, I can't blame you because if I were going on yeah. a hike, I would wear leggings. And you want to wear comfortable clothes they do that's easy cover to move. Your legs. This yeah. is what she said to me. She did not get this from me. I swear. I was thinking it in my head, but I did not say it. Okay. She goes, Mom, it's just because they don't want the boys to see us in tight pants. <laughs> I was dying inside. I was like, I can't. She's probably not wrong. I can't say she's wrong, but I'm also trying to be like supportive and like trying to encourage a good attitude. Anyway, so this is the other hilarious thing. Uh, She has like a knee injury. So she knew. Now this is the 16 year old. This is my oldest. She's had, she had a surgery. She had a knee injury. So she knew going into this, she was going to spend a significant time on the four-wheeler. Yes. <laughs> and icing her knee and having it wrapped. Yes. Um, she can walk. She just yeah. can't walk far. So um, she, the night before, started whining about shorts. Like, well, I, I need to wear shorts so I can wrap my knee and ice my knee and all the things. And I'm like, and she's like, I'm packing my, I'm taking my legs. She's just like making all these yeah. threats. Yeah. And I was like, you can do what you want. I said, I mean, you can certainly try, but I said, but you need to be prepared to change if they ask you to change because. Okay. I like how you approach this. <laughs> Not a, our mother would have handled this completely differently. She would have done a whole inspection of our, Well, first of all, we wouldn't have even been allowed to have the shorts. Second, she would have done a whole inspection of our bag to make sure there was no contraband in there. And she would have flat out said, you're not wearing shorts. I like how you said you could do what you want, right. but just be prepared for consequences. So, so I told her, I said, you're probably not going to get away with wearing your shorts. Okay. But I said, you might be 
they might not say anything if you wear your leggings. I don't know, but you have to be prepared to change in case. So I I think that's very good advice. So we're in the car driving to the church okay, and I'm going through the list. It's like seven in the morning with both girls. I'm like, okay. I'm like, did you remember your sunscreen? Did you remember this? So I turned to my oldest and I said, did you remember to pack some shorts to sleep in? Because the list, the list said, this was how they phrased the the Oh gosh. This is their way of saying, don't wear booty shorts without saying, don't wear short shorts. (laughs) They said for they said pack pajamas and then they said basketball shorts are appropriate or basketball shorts are great, which implies, you know, the long yeah. anyway. So I'm I'm going through the checklist. I said, Did you remember to pack your shorts for your pajamas? Because they both my girls yeah. wear, wear shorts to bed. He goes, Yes. And she goes, I packed my shortest ones I own. <laughs> Um, and then our mother is rolling over in her grave. <laughs> and then I've been seeing pictures coming in from Trek. So and how are you getting the pictures from Trek? Well, I'm friends with the Trek leader that planned the whole thing. Okay. And so she's posting some on her Instagram. Okay. And then one of my other friends, her husband is up there. And so he's sending back pictures that okay. she's passing on to all the moms. Okay. So, so you're getting I'm you're getting, getting photography and she is full blown in her shorts. In her shorty on shorts. Day one. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, oh, 13 year old little sister is not gonna stand for this. And so sure enough, by the end, I think she wore her pants all day from what I could tell from the pictures. And then by the end, when they parked their handcarts for the night, boom, she was in her little shorts. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm sure these leaders are just in a conundrum as to do we say something? Do we not? Do we say not? Something? Exactly. Anyway, it just makes me laugh so hard because I never would have dared as oh, a young yeah. woman. I was so obedient. Yeah. Like I never would have considered yeah. breaking a rule ever. Yeah. I'm like, where did these girls come from? <laughs> but also, I do have to say that I have been on the young women leader end of it yes. for years. I spent many years in young women yes. before I had teenage girls. <laughs> and I very specifically remember having conversations like this, like about activities, about specific girls yeah. that would come wearing tank tops. And, yeah. and this is like 15 years ago when we lived in an era where for strength of youth was very much- It was um, very- it was talked about black was, and white. It was hit on and it was constant. You were constantly yeah. reviewing the standards and strength of yeah. youth, constantly having firesides about yes. the strength of youth standards. And I remember having specific discussions about a particular girl that wore tank tops to young women's yeah. activities and the leaders all sitting around a table discussing like, well, how, yeah. do, how do we handle this? What do we do? Yeah. Do we say something? Do we not say yeah. something? And I remember at the time being able to I remember at the time being able to see both sides, like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is a conundrum. And I do remember one other leader piping up and being like, I think we should just be lucky that she's she's here. Yeah. And I remember thinking, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. And I have to say now that my perspective has 100%. Now that you have those two teenage daughters. Complete 180. Now that I have those two teenage daughters, I am like, uh, no, it is a, it is all we can do to get their little butts in the seats at church and at mutual. (laughs) What they're wearing is the least of our concerns. We need to be just so focused on getting them there and getting them to want to have a relationship with the Savior and Heavenly Father. Exactly. Pick your battles. Don't make hemlines be one of them. So I don't know. I've done a complete turnaround on my perspective now that I'm a mother of teen girls. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
All right. Well, let me tell you about my youth activity. Girls camp starts on Monday. Mm-hmm. I am not going as the leader. My husband and I were asked to cook for girls camp. And this is ward girls camp. It is not mm-hmm. steak girls camp. So we have 24 girls plus adults that we're cooking for. And so I want to share with you all, A, my menu, and B, some pro tips if you ever get called to cook Ooh, for girls camp because you need some pro tips. So um, first of all, for pro tips, Mel's Kitchen Cafe. Yes. She is a food blogger that we have talked about a lot, and she is a member of the church. I think it was approximately March. She did a whole blog post on cooking for girls camp because last summer she got called to cook for girls camp, but it was steak girls camp, not ward girls camp. So she was cooking for between 270 and 290 people. And so if you get called to cook for steak girls camp, go to her blog post, Find find it, and she gives she gives you her menu. She gives you her recipes. Mm-hmm. She goes through a calendar, and she says you need this many people on your committee. You need to start doing this at this particular time, and she has it like super well organized for if you are cooking for an exceptionally large crowd. So my crowd is a bit smaller. However, where she went to girls camp, they actually had a kitchen to cook in. I do not have a kitchen to cook in. That's a different ball game. They. The girls are tent camping. Mm-hmm. I'm driving my RV up there because as the cook, I feel no obligation to have to sleep in a tent. No. And so we're going to a, it's a church site. That's a tent camping site. It does have a covered pavilion. It does have a flat top grill that's outside in the covered pavilion. It's got a couple refrigerators with freezers, running water and porta potties. Okay. So that's the extent of the amenities that I have to deal with. Okay. So what I am trying to do is I am trying to pre-cook as much as I can as possible. So, and my husband's going up there with me. I can't remember if I said that, that he's cooking with me too. So that essentially we are just almost reheating everything. Mm -hmm. So here's our menu. So we get there, the girls leave in the morning. Our first meal is lunch and we're just going to do hot dogs and chips and watermelon Mm because that's really easy to throw on the grill. For their snack that afternoon, they are having a salted mm. caramel rice crispy bar. I love those. And then for dinner that night, we are doing Cafe Rio pork salad plus chips and salsa. So I pre-made my pork, I pre-made my mm-hmm. rice, and then it'll just be a matter of the girls assembling it. And then for evening snack, we're doing this thing called Doughboys, which I've never heard of before. They've done them several times in my ward. You take a crescent roll and you wrap it around kind of this stick thingy and you cook it over the oh, fire. Yes. They're and it, called like woofums. Yeah, That's what they call them in my ward. Oh, I've never heard them call woof. I've heard them called something so. else <laughs> when I tried to Google them. Anyway, then you fill them like with pudding, whipped cream, uh, Nutella, whatever you want. Tuesday morning, the girls will be awakening to cinnamon rolls, Ooh. eggs, and bacon. Yummy. So I've baked my cinnamon rolls. We'll just reheat those in the Dutch ovens, put some icing on them. Then for lunch, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to do a croissant sandwich. Our treat will be a ginger molasses cookie. Ooh. Dinner that night. Oh, here's the crazy thing we're doing for dinner. We're doing pizza. Now you may be wondering, how are we going to do pizza? Um, we have a portable pizza oven and two of our adult children have a portable pizza oven. So we are taking all three of the portable pizza ovens up there, but we're not crazy enough to do pizzas from scratch. We have discovered that if you get the rising crust frozen pizza and you throw that in a portable Mm. pizza oven, 
with like a few extra toppings mm-hmm. on it. Oh, it's delish Ooh. and tastes like you did it from scratch. Nice. And then that night they're doing Dutch oven cobbler. Anyway, I, I we're, we're running long on time, so I won't go through the rest of it. But you kind of get the idea of that sounds what we're delicious. doing. And so that is my pro tip. Pre-make and freeze as much as you can. I want now, to come to your girls' camp. Here's my other pro tip. I didn't have a ton of freezer space. Um, and I needed freezer space for camp. So I was like, I've got to locate freezer space. So I was like, who in my ward is going to have freezer space? So I targeted my empty nesters that formerly had big families because mm. I thought, I bet they have huge garage freezers. Sure enough, I found one who had a nearly empty garage freezer. <laughs> and I was like, well, guess what? It's not going to be empty for a couple of weeks. I'm filling it up. <laughs> so that's my other pro tip. And, um, so it, when you take them up, are you going to put them in a freezer? Yeah. So we will, will you have access to a freezer? Well, a yeah. What we, we have, my husband has really good coolers, like the really kind of expensive kind of cooler. Mm-hmm. So there are freezers up there, but I could easily fill up those freezers. Chances are, we're probably just going to leave everything in the cooler because the mm-hmm. coolers are so good that it's almost like pulling it out when it's cold. Plus my weather for next week. Oh, right. I have never been to girls camp when it is less than 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. Well, that will change come Monday. Four days of girls camp. Three of those days are predicted to be rain. 36 for a high in the morning on two of those days. Temperatures in the low 60s. What are you guys going to do? Do you have a covered pavilion? We do have a covered pavilion. So um, my husband was talking about bringing up a propane heater to kind of keep the girls warm in the covered pavilion. Um, Yeah, I I am not packing. I I do not have to worry about shorts because I will not be wearing shorts. And your leaders don't have to worry about your girls wearing shorty shorts no the leaders do not have to worry about the girls wearing shorty shorts mother nature is taking care of that problem is solved i will however be packing my wool socks so anyway i will return and report maybe i'll give a little update with hannah when i interview Hannah. yes we have about my about my girls camp experience we need to hear all about it anyway we hope you're all having a lovely summer full of treks camps fsys youth conferences all the things all right and now you have some pro tips okay All right. First news article this week. Um, The Deseret News released an article saying Elder Holland is returning to his apostolic assignments. Um, He's been out of commission for a while, which we knew. Because he didn't show up at conference. um, But I don't think we knew how serious. We knew he was having some health challenges, but this says that Nobody said why. No. This says he underwent dialysis treatments for a kidney condition. I know. And I was thinking, we were discussing this before we started recording. Don't you... Once you go on dialysis, don't you not ever leave dialysis? <laughs> well, is that wrong? I don't really know. You know, I mean, I mean I to a certain extent, it must be because I've got, I have yeah. a friend of mine and her husband um, got diagnosed with leukemia and the leukemia made his kidneys mm-hmm. go to kaput. And so he was on dialysis for a while, but then they tackled the leukemia. And once they got the leukemia tackled, now he's off dialysis. Oh, okay. So maybe, so maybe there are some conditions, but yeah, I was always mm-hmm. under the impression that if you were on dialysis, you probably weren't getting off unless you're getting a new kidney, unless you're getting a new kidney. So anyway, anyway. whatever it was, he is back. Um, He said he released a statement. He said, I am pleased to begin slowly returning to work. Um, He said, Pat and I have been touched by the cards, notes, thoughts, and especially the prayers you've offered on our behalf. Um, Anyway. And he just bore his testimony about how God watches over us and Hmm. he felt touched and that prayers were answered and, 
So we are happy to have him back. Yes, happy to have him back. And let's wish him good health because Elder Holland is one of my faves. Yeah. So, all right. Our next story is a Ken Jennings story. As you know, he was very successful on Jeopardy. I feel like Ken Jennings pops up in our stories about every three months. He he really does. (laughs) Um, He has a new book out and his new book is, is titled 100 Places to See After You Die which is kind of an odd title for a book. And what he does in this book is he explores all different religions and cultures and what they believe about the afterlife saying, Hey, when you get to the afterlife, go check out this one and see if that's what this is about and Mm -hmm. whatnot. So it's, it's, it's very trivia oriented to mm-hmm. a certain extent or fact-based, I should say, maybe not trivia, but fact-based to a certain extent, because he, like I said, he talks about all sorts mm-hmm. of different cultures and religions and what they believe and that okay, sort that, of thing. That sounds interesting. It does. Mm-hmm. So there was an interview that he did with the New Yorker. And let me tell you, it was a huge interview. The thing goes on and on and on. And some of the highlights for his interview were um, some of the, um, things that he talks about in his book. And um, then they ask him a little bit about hosting and they ask him, I thought this was interesting, how difficult. And he said, it's the speed of it. It's hard to overstate how fast it moves and the mechanic of what the host has to do 61 times a show, read the clue flawlessly, call on the right contestant, adjudicate their responses correctly. And then it all repeats. I never thought about that. I never thought about that too. And so I thought that that was kind of an interesting viewpoint. Um, anyway, so it's kind of a, a, an interesting article. If, if you're a Ken Jennings fan, go find it and read it. Okay. All right. Next article came out uh, by the church news. Um, this was a fun little Peace. It's about two twin brothers who are newly called bishops in the Atlanta area. Um, so their names are Raphael and Sebastian Van Dyke. Um, they are twins. Um, they have kids the same age. They both have one grandchildren. They followed similar career paths. They're both in like IT and they've always lived within a short drive of each other. Like they have Sunday dinners together frequently. Um, and then, and they are identical twins. Yes. We ought, we ought to mention that yes. the part of one of the reasons probably why they're so close. And then in February, um, Sebastian Van Dyke got called as Bishop of his Atlanta ward in the Atlanta, Georgia stake. Three weeks later, his brother, Raphael was sustained as Bishop of the Woodstock ward in the Marietta, Georgia stake. Um, so anyway, it was a really cute it's, article. It has their picture. Um, they just talked about how, um, it's fun to do it together, which I, mean, I can totally imagine. Cause we've had the same release society yes. calling at the same time yes. before. And it's amazing. Cause we, we can talk like, to each other, bounce ideas exactly. off each other. <laughs> so exactly. anyway, but it does say, um, it, they did share a little bit of like the differences in their congregation, their, their demographics of yeah. their war demographics are, are different. So even though, you know, they're yeah. going to be able to bounce ideas, they definitely are going to have their own individual experiences. Um, the, the brother that's in Atlanta, his ward is about 70% black and like tons of converts in his Mm -hmm. ward that converted when they were adults. Um, the other brother that lives, um, North Atlanta. Yeah. Marietta, his ward is predominantly Caucasian. Um, 
but they've been waiting. It said they've all been waiting. This is a big milestone to have a black black bishop in that ward. And so they were kind of, you know, celebrating. And, but he also said there's a lot of diverse backgrounds there, which I think, I think you get a lot of diverse backgrounds in any ward west of the, or east of the Mississippi. Exactly. <laughs> so. Outside of the Mormon belt. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I just loved it. It was a really cute article. They just talked about how um, they themselves were converts yes. uh, when they were young. I think it said high school, right? Or- yeah. They were 14 or 15. They yeah. were teenagers. And they both converted to the church together. So they've just kind yeah. of followed this whole path together. And it was a cool article. I thought it was a very cool article. My, yeah. my favorite part was the when after the first one got called, he was like, I don't know if I can do this calling. And then when his brother got called, he was like, mm. oh, yeah, I can do this calling. I got, I got my bro here. I know. I think that's so cute. <laughs> I liked that. So, all right. Our next story is a pageant story oh, because you know I love a good pageant. We can't resist a pageant story. So, this is um, Miss Lehigh Teen Pageant. And um, as you can imagine, I mean, I suspect probably most, if not all, the girls competing are probably members of the church. Probably. But there was a particular uh, girl and she won it, and her name was Amanda. Giraldi or uh, yeah, Giraldi, I think is how it's pronounced. So she's Mm -hmm. 17. She won the um, Lehigh's teen pageant. And so this is, she's Miss Lehigh teen, which is. So then you get to go to Miss Teen Utah, right? Miss Teen Utah. And this is part of the Miss America Mm -hmm. pageant system. There's the Miss USA pageant system and there's the Miss America pageant system. This is part of the Miss America pageant system. And Amanda is a member of the church. I I, I, I did some some digging and she is a member of the church. (laughs) So she wins the crown on Saturday nights and then Tuesday afternoon here comes a knock at her door and the pageant officials show up at her door in Lehigh and they say ah there's a little clerical error you actually didn't win and she's like what so apparently um when the contracts were sent out The contract said you had to be born between 2005 and 2010 to compete in the teen pageant. Well, she was born, or that's the contract said between 2005 and 2010. She was born in 2005. Well, after they did the contracts, National Miss America changed their requirements to 2006. And nobody caught this. You can't do that. I know. Nobody caught this prior to the pageant. Well, she can't be the only one that has had this problem. No. Right? The article does say that others ran mm-hmm. into this problem. So they told her, they said, well, um, we're going to have to take your title back and um, you can't compete at the state level. We'll let you keep your $1,000 scholarship, um, but yeah, you have to give us everything back. She was mad. She was mad. And like, she went to the media. Oh, like, yeah. She 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 went to the media and she's mm-hmm. like, you know, this is not my fault. This is a total clerical error on their part. And they do admit it was a clerical error on their part. They said, well, why don't we give you a title of, of Miss Lehigh City right. team? They tried to give her because an alternate title. She even said, hey fine send the first runner up to the state pageant but let me let me be the the representative for the year and go mm-hmm. around and do all the things within my city that get done and they were like no 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 we cannot have that and so she was really mad she's like i'm never competing in a pageant again well somebody came to their senses either that or their lawyer said 
if you send a contract out that says 2005, you kind of don't get to change that. (laughs) So you probably ought to honor that. So then they went back and knocked on her door again. And they were like, JK, you do get to keep the title. (laughs) So it does have a happy ending. She does get to keep the title. She does say, yeah, I'm not so certain I want to participate in pageants again, but but this will be fine. So good for Amanda. Glad they got that all straightened out. It reminded me, do you ever remember seeing that episode of Designing Women where Suzanne oh, Sugarbaker yes. I love that episode. Is she's Miss World Georgia, 1975. <laughs> and like 10 years later, they discover a clerical error and they have to take her crown yes. away. And she is just like, no. She freaks the freak out. She freaks the freak out. I don't believe it. I earned it. And then when they get to the thing, they discover that the real girl who won was sleeping with the judge. So it reminded me very much of that episode of Designing Women. It's so funny. I wonder what happened to the poor runner up. She got the same knock on her door. Guess what? You're the girl. And then like two days later, guess what? You're not. I don't. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen any media coverage from the poor runner-up. Oh, so. man. Okay, next article. This was a quick little blurb on um, the Salt Lake Tribune, actually, in their Mormon land section. Um, they kind of gave some new statistics that are out. A blogger, I should have written down his name. I can't remember his name. Okay. That keeps tabs on these things, um, has put out a list for the past year on uh, which states in the United States gained members or and lost members, oh, like gained, okay. gained wards and lost wards. Okay. So uh, the big loser is California. Ooh. They are down 55 congregations oh, in the dang. past year. Like they lost 55 wards and branches. Wow. Past year. That seems like a lot. That, yeah, it does. It kind of makes me wonder because mm-hmm. I, I know that they've been steadily declining too. Right. I bet there's a lot of wards that only have one ward in their building. They don't have to share the building. Yeah. That has pluses and minuses. That's true. It you get that sweet 1030 time. But it also means you have time. to clean every week. That's true. That's <laughs> that's true. I didn't think about that. Uh, the second runner up for losses was state of Washington. They are also down, I think it said 35 wards. Oh, okay. Um, and then the next up was state of Arizona. They're down 10 wards. Um, winners were Utah. Oh. Who added 37 wards. Okay. Texas added seven and Michigan added three. Hmm. And then I can't believe there's nothing in there about Idaho. I know. They did say Idaho <clears throat> added a stake, but they oh. didn't add a ward. So I'm guessing that's just this stake is too big. We're yeah. splitting it into two, making a new yeah. stake. Or they had a couple of stakes that were too big. Yeah. And they divided them into yeah. thirds. So they also had a list of stakes that were added, and there were several countries on there besides. Oh. Okay. A few states and also some several countries that added states. Stakes. Anyway, interesting list. Very interesting. It's always fun to see numbers and statistics. Yes, it is. So speaking of statistics, you have more statistics oh, for us. we have more statistics. Okay. <laughs> this was on Public Square, uh, which is a blog, right? Yes. Um, this article was entitled Latter-day Saint Enigma, Their Unexpected Troop abuse rates. Um, This article kind of did a breakdown um, because this spring, the Boy Scouts of America like cleared their final, whatever they had to do with filing bankruptcy and like settling all these settlements. Um, So the plan that was approved by the court um, was that they are going to pay 2.4 billion in settlements And um, that will come from their insurers, all the local councils, and some of their sponsoring organizations, which 
would be the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, It is the largest sexual abuse compensation fund ever. Wow. Um, But this article was interesting. It kind of did a breakdown of the parties who are contributing to this fund and trying to figure out like, okay, what percentage of actual Boy Scouts did they have and what percentage of abuse that we have on record was theirs? Yes. Um, So it said uh, that our church, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, will contribute $250 million, which which is 10% of the fund. Chunk of change. It's a chunk of change. It's 10% of the fund. Um, It says some critics are claiming this is unfair because Boy Scouts of America was made up of 20 to 30% of their troops were Latter-day Saint troops. Um, So some will say shouldn't the church contribute 20 to 30% of the fund. Um, This guy says not so fast. Like they've somehow analyzed the statistics and what they have on their files and what the Boy Scouts had on their files. I don't know how he, he admits the numbers are, it's a, it's a little it's, bit, it's hard. It's fuzzy. Because they kept those numbers hidden for years and years. And I think a lot of them now are public records. Uh, but they had to go through files and like so check. They, they had like 5,000 files yeah. that were an option for them to take a look at. So they only were analyzing. They analyzed, I think they said 10%. Like 10% of them. Yes. Yeah. So they did, they randomly drew 500 of the 5,000 files. Mm-hmm. And then they went through those files to determine if they could determine from those files right. any religious affiliation. And they, they either did that by sponsoring troop uh-huh. or if. Or if the individual said, yes, I'm a member of the church. Right. So after they did that, they were able to take from this sample um, the fact that they believe that the proportion of Latter-day Saint cases of abuse was lower. They think their their estimate is 5%. Yes. Um, so according to that, they think like the church is being very generous. They're paying 10% of the fund, if only 5%. Anyway. This article just kind of left me feeling kind of icky. And they did, I will dis- I will say the author disclaimered several times in this article, he disclaimered like any amount of abuse is, is too, too much. much. One is too much. Like, like it's all too much. Like we shouldn't be. But at the same time, I don't, I don't know. It just left me feeling icky to break down the numbers and be like, we're paying like, don't come after us. We're paying more than our share. Yeah. I, I get it. I get the the desire to defend the church as, you know, doing our part. And we're trying to do our part. We're yeah. trying to make it right, which I appreciate. But I don't know, just the, the breaking it down of it and kind of like the defensiveness of it. See, and I didn't see it that way at all. It felt kind of icky to me. Like, like. I thought I, I thought it, I, I I didn't uh-huh. I didn't see it as defensive at all. I thought it was I thought it was fascinating mm-hmm. that um, you know again we made up twenty to thirty percent of the troops. I, you know we have no idea how they arrived at the at the idea of you know two hundred and fifty million dollars. But I guess what I found so fascinating is if you just read the media stories. I mean, mm-hmm. over and over and over again, you hear these stories about. Uh, LDS scout leaders abusing kids, LDS scout leaders abusing kids. And so I, there was a part of me that was surprised that statistically they thought it was only about 5%. But then there was another part of me that wasn't because I was like, well, you know, if you listen to the media, things are always blown out of statistical proportion to begin with anyway. So, and there's not one other group as big as our group 
to put that on. I yes. Mean, like there's lots of other churches yeah. involved, but they're not as central exactly. as ours. Um, but I don't know. It was, it was interesting. And he did point out, and I did think this was interesting there, you know, they're just kind of speculating about why that number would be yes. lower for us than others. And part of that speculation was that ours are callings versus other troops. You volunteer, you raise yes. your hand and say, I will. So it's, it's more, um, prime for someone who is a pedophile exactly. to just to volunteer. volunteer and slide in there versus in the church, you have to wait until you get called. You don't usually walk in and say, I want to be with the Boy Scouts. Although I'm sure that happens. I'm, I'm sure that, that happened, happened too. Um, anyway, that was just their speculation as to why. Anyway, the numbers were interesting. Uh, it just, I don't know. It felt weird to me to be talking about like, are we paying our fair share? We are paying our fair share, but also these are people's lives. I like, know. It's just, I, the whole topic is always icky. Every time we have a Boy Scout abuse story, it just and, and it's maybe not fun. it is just the cold-hearted lawyer in me that I'm like, it's just numbers, right? That's it's true. Just That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. What do we have next? Okay. Next, we have a story about Battlestar Galactica from a website called TV Over Mind. Probably a lot of our listeners may not remember the original Battlestar Galactica. It debuted in 1979. So the year you were born, Battlestar Galactica. Never, ever watched that show. Not a minute of that show in my life. Have I ever not watched. even in the reruns? <laughs> no. Oh, girl. I need to, I've owned the series. I need to bring it over to you. Are you serious? I'm totally serious. I had no idea you were a Battlestar Galactica Your fan. Your kids would love it. Like, Lauren's watched it. She's what? loved it. My daughter, Lauren. I, I had I'm, no idea. I, I you did not know I was a Battlestar Galactica fan. Ah, ah, ah. You know, I don't actually remember really watching it when it aired on mm. network TV. When I watched it is there was one summer and it must've been a summer when I was, you know, in junior high that they showed it in reruns mm -hmm. uh, because they had canceled it by then. And so every day they had a new episode in reruns and, and it was on at like three or four in the afternoon. And every day, I don't know how I got away with it because my, our mom was a TV Nazi. I, 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 I sat and watched it and it has so many underlying church themes. And that's what this article is about. Mm -hmm. Now the rumor on the street for years and years was the producer, Glenn A. Larson was a Mormon or a former Mormon, okay. which is how it got the church themes. But according to this article, the creator is a gentleman by the name of Ronald D. Moore, and that he was the one who drew from his Mormon upbringing in creating this. So I don't know. So if maybe this... there were multiple members yes. of the church that were involved. I in... don't know if the whole Glenn mm -hmm. A. Larson is a Mormon thing is true, or if it's one it's of those. Mormon myth. Mormon myths. But anyway, there was a gentleman named Ronald D. Moore who drew from his own upbringing. Mm -hmm. So the premises of the show is these people are on a planet called Cobol, as opposed to Colab. Oh, Colab. Colab. So yeah. they're not on Colab because we own Colab, but they're on Cobol. Okay. And their planet is getting destroyed. And so they have to gather, everybody has to get on their spaceships and they're out on this journey to find earth. They have heard about one of their distant colonies who left years and years mm -hmm. ago to go find earth. And so they're on this journey in space to go find, to go find their long lost relatives on earth. Okay. They have a council of the 12 that is sometimes referred to as a quorum of the 12. Okay. Their marriages are ceilings. 
Really? Yes. And in one episode, there is a quote. See if you recognize this quote. As you are now, we once were. As we are now, you may become. Oh. Now, if that's not the most Mormon thing you've ever heard. <laughs> wow. Anyway, and so then they've got evil characters and there's a whole battle mm. for humanity's soul. Anyway, so this article just kind of touched on some of the tie-ins with Battlestar Galactica. Interesting. I should bring it over because, I don't know, maybe maybe your kids would get into it for the summer. <laughs> I have to tell you, your five-year-old boy would love it. Oh. they got spaceships flying around okay. and gun battles okay. and it's... It's very G-rated. So, I mean, maybe we should be cosplaying Battlestar Galactica instead of cosplaying <laughs> handcart families. Just, you know, switch it up a little next year. <laughs> Don't give me any ideas to campaign for. <laughs> All right. So our next one, there is a designer who just got a contract with Dillard's and she is a member of the church. So let me pull this one up. Her name is, um, she, the title of the article in the Deseret News is Latter-day Saint designer combines faith and fashion in her Dillard's collection. Her name is Jennifer Sumco. And so she has always been creative and um, she decided, first of all, she got into photography and then mm-hmm. she got into designing and sewing and finally home she- Home decor stuff. Home decor yeah. stuff. And so um, finally she was able to, um, she has a pretty good following on Instagram, about mm-hmm. 80,000 followers on Instagram. And she created this dress line, which I'll let you describe what you call her dress line. Oh, I call it Pioneer Chic. Yes. It's got lots of pioneer style fabrics and poofy sleeves and ruffles. Ruffles. I think pioneer (laughs) chic is a very good way to describe it. But that's kind of having a moment. Although they call it coastal grandma this summer. Oh, not pioneer chic. They're calling it coastal Coastal grandma. Coastal grandmother. It's the same same premises. Anyway, so she has a 35-piece collection, including dresses, shoes, swimsuits, and more that have landed at Dillard's. She uses bright garden-inspired patterns and colors to invoke feelings of happiness and whimsy. So good for her. We love to hear that. We do. Okay. Um, Oh, this next story. This is another sewing story about Latter-day Saints. So this woman, this is really sweet. Her name is Mary Stevens. She is from Anaconda, Montana. She has sewn over 1,400 dresses for children in need. Um, This is just like kind of her pet project she took on. They were doing a service project in her ward. She saw an article online that showed you how to turn a pillowcase into dresses. Um, They did them in her ward. And after that, she just loved it so much she kept going. She just buys like pillowcases and sheets and like elastic and ribbon and sews these cute little dresses. And then they send them overseas. They said her dresses have been to Africa India, Ecuador, and Haiti. Um, She said that she felt like the Lord always took care of her. She always ran into people who were going out of the country and was able to send dresses with them to get to these other countries and kids in need. Anyway, it was a sweet story. Um, It was. It was was in the church news. So if you mm -hmm. want to see her dresses, she's got pictures of them um, on the story that's on the church news website. Very sweet. So... Okay, the next one is, we don't have a lot of hard news this week. Most of our stuff is kind of fluffy this mm-hmm. week, but that's good. So we do have a sad one. Oh, we do have a sad one, but let's talk about the happy one, and then we'll talk about the okay. sad one. So, 
Um, BYU, their track and field team, they have a gentleman on there by the name of Kenneth Rooks, and he is BYU's first male individual to win a national championship in four years when he pulled away from Montana State's Duncan Hamilton in the final lap of the steeplechase. So he won the steeplechase at the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships. He's a junior from Walla Walla. And it took him eight hours and 26 minutes to do the steeplechase. They do all like, I, I'm not, I can't remember exactly what the steeplechase involves, mm-hmm. but they're physical for a really long time doing runs and hurdles wow. and, and, and whatnot. Um, the race was held in Austin, Texas. And so it's very humid in uh-huh. Austin. And so people were asking him, you know, how did you deal with the humidity? I mean, you're from a climate that's very dry. Well, Brother Rooks served a mission in Uganda. And he said, two years in Uganda really helped me learn how to deal with humidity. Wow. <laughs> because you could presume he was in right. garments and a shirt and a tie and probably some dress pants. Probably walking all over. <laughs> so, yeah, in running shorts, he's probably like, ooh, this is real cool and comfy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, congratulations to him. And the other thing, too, and I remember that we covered this. So um, with Rook's title, BYU is the first school in NCAA division history to win back-to-back men and women's steeplechase titles. Last year, Courtney Waymant, uh, she won the women's individual steeplechase title. And I remember That's so cool. I remember covering that story. We, year, yeah. we talked about her. So she was pretty impressive. So well, that's good, exciting. Good for Kenneth Rooks. Yeah. All right. So my next story that's kind of sad, um, you know, the last two months we've talked about these these members who have died and unfortunately died at the hands of their spouse. Mm-hmm. Well, we have another member who died, but he did not pass away at the hand of his spouse. It's a super sad story. He is from Kansas. He's a dad of 13. Um, they were on a rafting trip in Colorado. So it was him and his kids and and their youth group. He used to live in Colorado. And so they decided for, again, a youth summer activity, just like we've been talking about, to go um, ride the rapids on this river. So he'd been on this river many times, was super familiar with this river. But with the um, amount of water that we had this year, the river was just running much faster than it had ever run before. And the raft he was was in capsize at capsized. And when it did, he had kids in it. Not only, well, I don't know if they were kids other than his kids, but he had at least a couple of his kids in it, including one of his daughters. And so he was able to get, you know, get them to safety, but he took on so much water that, um, even though he made it to shore, they were unable to save him and he passed away. And so, oh, so sad. It's very, very, very sad. So, so sad. Uh, our hearts go out to Brother Harker's family mm-hmm. um, dealing with a lot. That's yeah. that. And, and the ward, too, because presumably if this was a church thing, it was probably his ward right. that was there. And, and that would be kind of hard. So, all right. Should we end on a happier note? Yes, we will end on a happier note. We'll end on a happier note. Leading into Father's Day. Yes, it is. You have a Hannah article. It is Father's Day this weekend. And so we're going to end with an article by Hannah Syriac. So she um, wrote this article. It's on the Deseret News. It says, dad jokes are scientifically shown to benefit children. Here's Utah's favorite one. 
And so um, she starts off with, the bank keeps calling me to give me compliments. They say I have an outstanding balance. That's not. That's Utah's favorite dad that's joke. That's not Utah's favorite dad <laughs> joke. That was just her lead off. And she says, Rolls eye, roll eyes, um, dad jokes and how cliche they are. Um, but she, he said that, uh, she did say that a university researcher found that dad jokes actually may help children develop stamina to endure embarrassment and develop into adults who are comfortable with being themselves. Well, it is my husband's mission in life to embarrass our kids. So I, so he's right on track. He's doing his job. So, um, the Utah dad joke is actually more of a saying, so okay, what's that? It is the favorite Fraser pun is what's the plan, Stan? What's the plan, Stan? Is that a thing they say a lot in Utah? I, I, I mean, I've I've said that a lot. What's the plan? What's Stan? the plan, Stan? So <laughs> anyway, but um, anyway, and then she uh, then her article has a number of uh, dad jokes you can use, like why did the Oreo go to the dentist? It lost its filling. So, <laughs> anyway, so it's kind of a cute article That's and funny. honoring Father's Day. And so, it's funny. Anyway, that ends it for our news stories. Now, normally we would be heading into our segment of Mormons behaving badly. But I have to tell you, I don't have any Mormons behaving badly this month. Mormons have been good this month. Mormons have been good this month. I feel month. like this is only the second time this has ever happened. I know. It's very rare that the, I... How many years we've done this? Six years? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> it's very rare, but we're so proud of you. We're so proud of all the, the good people being good this month. We've decided they're too busy getting their kids on youth... They're too busy packing for treks and... Camps and other activities <laughs> to behave badly. So... So we love it. We hope it's a streak. Exactly. We hope in July we also have no Mormons behaving badly. But I'm not holding my breath. (laughs) All right. right. Should we do favorite things? Sure. Okay. We got to share our favorite things. It's tradition. We just like to do it. Um, Okay. My favorite thing this month is a movie out in theaters. Okay. It is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. (gasps) Based on the classic Judy Bloom book. Oh, yes. So... It was the cutest so you movie. Went, you've seen it. Yes. I oh. went I went with my girlfriends a couple weeks ago. Like we kind of went for like uh-huh. schools out. Let's okay. go see a movie. Oh, to you celebrate. did not tell me this. I should have invited you. It was really cute. Oh. So cute. I'm gonna show it to my girls like when it comes out on video. Lots of period talk, lots of puberty talk. Did it bring back teenage angst and memories? <laughs> definitely lots of good laughs the girl that played margaret was so good she was just such a good actress you know child actress so it was very cute okay highly recommend well mine is a podcast but i have to tell you how i got to this podcast okay okay so uh, sometime about a week ago, I'm surfing Facebook because I kind of like to do that for a few minutes when I wake up in the morning, kind of gets my brain going. And you know how Facebook will say, oh, hey, uh, we suggest this page for you, mm-hmm. you know, kind of based on your interests and stuff. So they suggested this page called the Pop Culture Preservation Society. Mm. So I started looking at it. It is all for Gen Xers, for kids who grew up in the 70s. Okay. And so it has so much fun stuff on there. So they have a really good Facebook page that has all sorts of fun stuff on it, Uh but they also have a podcast. And so on their podcast, they said, uh, or on their Facebook page, they were talking about how they'd interviewed Sean Cassidy, 
Well, Sean Cassidy was my teenage heartthrob. He was the first record I ever yes, bought. I remember seeing your records of Sean Cassidy. I was obsessed. <laughs> so, of course, I had to listen to the Sean Cassidy po- podcast. Uh-huh. That wasn't my, that's not my favorite podcast. In the midst of the Sean Cassidy podcast, when, okay. they're, when they're, I don't know what they were inter- introing in the beginning or the end or whatnot. They talked about a Brady Bunch podcast. Oh. The Brady Bunch podcast. So this is the one that is my favorite things. Okay. Favorite thing is called The Real Brady Bros. The Real Brady Bros. Okay. And it is done by Barry Williams, who played Greg. Okay. And Christopher Knight, who played Peter. Oh, okay. And so what they do is every episode is about an hour. Okay. And they take one episode from the series. And they don't go in order. They just kind of take and choose whatever they want. And they break down that episode. (gasps) Like they break down the dialogue, they break down what was going on behind the scenes, what they remember, impressions. And so they're looking at it and watching it now, you know, 50 years later from when they did it with kind of a fresh perspective and a fresh set of eyes. And it is so good. Okay, that sounds fun. I would I like really that. love it. I knew you would. I was like, oh, Ariane's gonna die when I tell her this. Brady Bunch was my rerun show that I watched. Well, it was everybody's rerun show. I mine too. My, anyway, my kids have started watching it some too. I mean, they they went they did several years ago and then they took a break and they've revisited ah, it lately. And I love it. I do too. <laughs> so anyway, there is another podcast called The Brady Bros. That is not the right okay. one. It is the real Brady Bros. The real Brady Bros. Okay. The so real Brady Bros. Good to know. Someone tried to imitate them. Yes. And I d- someone took the name before they could get the name. I, I yeah, <laughs> I have I have no idea which came first. The real Brady Bros. But the real okay. Brady Bros is the one that has um Barry Williams and Christopher Knight. Hey, I'm gonna listen. That sounds okay. delightful. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us tonight. But I am gonna throw a little teaser carrot out there. So for our Patreon subscribers, we are doing what is called a Patreon pop-up. And so we do some extra stuff that we uh, throw in that is only available to Patreon subscribers. Mm -hmm. And so once we finish this tonight, we are going to go down the LGTBQ rabbit hole with Mm -hmm. our Patreon pop-up because there's a couple of uh, LGTBQ stories in the news this month. Mm -hmm. So if you are interested in that, Become a Patreon subscriber for three bucks a month and help us keep the lights on and get your extra content. Okay, sounds good. All right. And again, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach out at contact at thisweekinmormons.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Thanks for listening. 